All right, today's daf is daf pei gimel, page eighty-three in the Hilgim Masechus This to finish up the seventh parak, parak Meruba of Masechus Bavakama, and begin the eighth, uh, begin the eighth parak. Okay, so up to the bottom line, and the bottom line on daf pei beis on beis on eighty-two b, very bottom line. Two dots says the Gemara. Uh, we learned previously based upon the story. Of unfortunately, the uh, with the civil war that was taking place in Klal Yisrael and the the uh, Yid who spoke Chachmas uh, Yevonis Greek wisdom, so he uh, he told the 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 besieging uh, army to send a PIG into uh, into Yerushalayim. Okay, and the Gemara says based upon that, parents are not allowed to teach their children. There's a curse. If you teach your children Chachmas Yivanez Greek wisdom, says the Gemara. What do you mean? The Chachmas Yivanez Miasira. Here we go. Bottom line. And is it forbidden to learn Greek wisdom? About time to learn Torah. So Amar Rebbe Rebbe says Beretz Sol and Eretz Sol Tapadaf Pei Gimel. Loshin Sorsi Lama. Why do we speak Syrian? Oy Loshin Akaidish. Oy Loshin Yivanez. We might as well speak either Loshin Kaidish, the holy language, or Greek, which seems to be that you should speak Greek. Vi Amar Rebbe Yisi Bava Loshin Arami Lama. Why do we speak? Arami and Bavel, Loshan Kaidesh, Loshan Farsi. We speak either Loshan Kaidesh or Persian. Bottom line is, what do you see from here? There's no problem whatsoever of speaking the Greek language. Answers the Gemara Ami, they said, Loshan Yuvani Lechud, Chachmas Yuvani Lechud. You could speak Greek language. Just don't get all caught up in Greek wisdom. Says the Gemara, Bechachmas Yuvani Lechud, Chachmas Yuvani Lechud. You're telling me Greek wisdom is a problem? Is that true? From from uh, Eicha, what is, uh, wh- why are my eyes uh, ruined because of me more than all the daughters of, of uh, my, my ear, my town? This is af- by the, the revolt of Bar Kokhba after that. So the Romans really cracked down and unfortunately there was a major massacre of Jews. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon would say that my father had a yeshiva with a thousand children, a day school with a thousand children. 500 of them focused on Limud HaTayra. 500 of them studied Greek wisdom. Just me and my cousin uh, in Asia remain, meaning that's how many, 998 of us kids uh, of, of the children were massacred and only two were left. Okay, but you see from over here that in his family or in this yeshiva, they learned Greek wisdom. So why you tell me Greek wisdom is not allowed? Amri, they said, shiny base Rabbi Gamliel, shall you crave him the malchus? The reason why they taught Greek wisdom over the, uh, in, in that space or in that family is because they were very closely connected to government officials. And therefore, unfortunately, one of the things you got to take for the team, regular members of Klai Yisrael do not uh, involve themselves in Greek wisdom, but they had to involve themselves in Greek wisdom to be learned and knowledgeable. We learned in Ebraisa, Hamasaper Kumi, a person who gets a haircut as a Kumi. What's a Kumi? We're going to translate this as a ponytail. Now this, uh, a, a, a man who has a ponytail, this was a normal sign of idol worship for people at that time. So a person who, who cuts their hair in that fashion, this is the ways of the Amirim. Avtom, uh, um, which is is forbidden. Avtomas Baruvin, he tirled the Saprakumi, but Avtomas Baruvin, he was allowed to have this this uh, unique haircut. Abnei he was very closely connected to the government, so he had to kind of present himself as uh, as one of them. So he was an exception. Shall base Rabbi Gamliel, he tirled the Sapper Bechachmas Yovanis. Abnei Shukrav the House of Rabbi Gamliel as well. They 
were allowed to be in on the Greek wisdom because also they were close to the government. Okay, here we go. Back to the next halacha of our Mishnah, which was, A person is not allowed to raise a dog, unless it is on a leash. Chevra, here we go. Tanur Abba, the rabbis learn, so should we. Like Allah a person not have a dog, uh, raise a dog unless it is always tied to a leash. You're allowed to have a city in a, do- a dog in a city that's near the border. Why? They used it for protection. It used to protect the border. So to protect yourself, no problem. The Kaisha But if you're going to own a dog because you live in a border town, you need to protect yourself. It has to be tied up by day because when does threat lurk? At night. It lurks at night. So your dog needs to be tied up on a leash during the day when everybody else is up. When people go to sleep, you put your dog on a, then you could let your dog loose. Why? Because all normal people belong inside at that time. And when people are out to cause Saras, snoot, the dog will bite them. It doesn't bother us. What, what is this person uh, uh, crossing the border for, for either way? So in other words, you're allowed to raise a dog for protection. Otherwise, you're not allowed. Why? It scares people. It scares people. And this is something that dog owners need to know. A lot of people in our city have, uh, have pets, have cats and dogs and all sorts of things. And it's become, uh, uh, it's become something which is uh, accepted and, uh, and regular. But we have to realize that there are people who are frightened by animals and aren't interested in having dogs running around and licking, uh, and licking their feet. Even if the owners say that my dog is friendly, people don't really care. I'm not interested in your dog being around me. It's still, a, it's still a dog. And therefore, if somebody owns a dog, it must be tied up. person who raises dogs. It's as if a person's raising a P-I-G, which means that in general, it doesn't belong inside of a Jewish home. There's a curse for, some, for a Jew who raises a P-I-G in his house. Same thing holds true if somebody raises a dog for no, uh, for no specific reason and doesn't keep it on a leash. Because what you're doing is... You're, you're uh, going to cause a, uh, you could possibly cause fear in other people. Okay, here we go. For those just joining us, we're in the middle of Daft Tate Gimel, Abad Aleph, 83a, a little more than halfway down. Amr of Beisib, Amr Yumi, Amr of Nachman. Beisib, Amr Yumi says the name of Nachman. Bavel Kiir Asmuchlis. Far Dami Bavel is like a border city, which means you're allowed to have dogs in that area as long as they're tied up, but you can let them loose at night when people don't belong outside. Anyway, Tirgama Narda, and this is referring to specifically to the city of Narda. Now get ready for this. What are dog owners going to say? And now we're going to be spokespeople, even though it's not a popular thing in some communities, but let's be spoke, po- spokespeople for those who don't like dogs, okay? I'll lead the way. I'll lead the way. Candidly, I'm not scared of dogs. I don't care for them, though. And if you got a dog, keep it away from me just because I'm not in the mood. If it goes near me, I'll let it go near me. My wife and kids, don't. Uh, some of my kids like it, some don't. But we have to keep in mind, not everybody likes dogs. So if you have a dog... That's it. <laughs> you know, we, we need to be sensitive that there are people who don't like dogs. Listen to these stories. Darish bar Rabbi Dustoy de Membiri. Rabbi Dustoy from Membiri explained. When the Aranakaidesh rested, Maish Rabbeinu would say, Return Hashem onto the thousands, the, the tens of thousands of Klau Yisrael. Now, tens of thousands is 22,000. Tens is 20,000, and then 2,000. So 22,000. Okay. 
There's something unique and special about the Shekhinah residing over 22,000 Jews who are together. Now listen to this story. There once was an incident of a crowd of 21,999 Jews. They were just one short in their community from the 22,000 threshold to allow the Shekhinah to reside in a unique way. There's a pregnant woman there. She's going to give birth to the 22,000th. And we're mamish waiting for this kid to be born. Now the Shekhinah, the Divine Prince, is going to come in a much stronger way. A dog barked at her and she had a miscarriage. So the dog owner caused the Shekhinah to leave Klai Now this is just an example. What we're saying here is, is that obviously we're not dealing with, uh, and, and you never know if you're missing just one person. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, a joke they say about two Gentiles that are walking by a, a shul. And one Gentile said to the other Gentile, I wonder how many people pray here. And, and the guy says, I know how many, 999,999. He says, how do you know that they have 999,999 Jews in this, uh, in this congregation? He said, because yesterday I walked by and the guy asked me, are you Jewish? We're one short of a million. One short of a million. So he thinks that uh, he didn't know what that meant. Okay, so you have one more, one, we're one short for a million. Um, bottom line is that uh, every year it's precious and you never know. You never know what, uh, me being a dog lover, we never know, you know, uh, if, if somebody else appreciates uh, me having my very uh, friendly dog Walking around. Now, if it's on a leash, it's fine because people aren't as scared when dogs are on a leash because they know that the dog is limited to where it could go. So then there's an element of responsibility put on the other person. Okay, so you can go out of the way. But to walk down the street with a dog that's not on a leash is nisht okay. It's not okay. Listen to this other story. There was a woman who was pregnant and she went to bake bread in somebody else's home. Back then, they didn't have ovens in each, home, in, in, in each and every home. So there was more like, you know, some of the larger homes had ovens. They would invite other people to come bake in their homes. Navach Bakalva. And this pregnant woman went to bake in somebody else's house and the homeowner's dog barked at her. Omar Lamari, the owner said to her what every dog owner says. You know what he said to her? Like this to don't be afraid, my dog is friendly. Don't be afraid of my dog. My dog's a sweetie pie. Shekoyal Nivi, it doesn't even have teeth anymore. Omar Lay, she said to him, no thank you, Shkili Tivusach, I don't appreciate your favors for inviting me over. Bottom line is, I already miscarried, and your explanations, Kvar Nod Vlad, my Vlad, my Vlad has already been discharged. And no thank you for telling me that your dog is friendly. Michael Tavis, no thank you. I get in tug. And we, uh, th- this is what dog owners need to be careful about. Okay, here we go. Final Gemara for the Heligah seventh parak. Here we go. Ain't parson nishbili. I need now let's put out nets to catch doves if it's within thirty risks of a city. Might be a private dove. What are you doing uh, taking somebody else's dove? Says the Gemara. Miyazli kuli hai. Do doves travel thirty risks away from the town? That even over there you're going to say, oh, mamish, less than that's a problem. But time we learned in the Mishnah, you got to take a dove, co- a, 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 a dove coat away from the city, 50 amas, which means 50 amas is much less than 30 ris. So, is it 50 amas or 30 ris? Make up your mind. 
Amar Abaya, Abaya says, Meita Shat Yatuva, Karsayu Bechamishim Amamalia. It depends. Let me tell you, he says. Doves can actually fly very far. They could go up to 30 risks. But they're, they're not hungry for the first 50 Amas. The first 50, you ever go out on a trip, yeah? So everybody, you, you stock up on food and you're gnashing on your pretzels. No, see, you start in the beginning and then you're like so full, you're nauseous, push it. Yeah, you're, not, you're pushing out inches. So apparently it works similar to doves. I guess Klaisol is compared to doves. Maybe they work like our stomachs, you know? So so uh, first 50 Amas, they're okay. But afterwards, uh, 50 Amas away, that, that, that's uh, uh, enough to protect the grain of the people who live in that area. Metash Leishim Ris, Vesulai says the Gemara, does a dove fly 30 Ris? If you're going to tell me that's the limit of how far they fly, is that really true? Vatanik learned in the Bhaisa. What about the doves that go to Florida? No, that's not what it says. Here we go. It says in the says in the Brisa, in a yishuv, in a dwelling place, which means in a residential town, you're not allowed to spread nets to catch doves, even if there's no doves within a hundred mil. We'll call that about eighty miles. Okay. Now eighty miles is much more than thirty risks. You see, doves don't only fly thirty risks; they fly up to eighty miles. We're not dealing with a settlement of people, dealing with the settlement of Kramim, of vineyards, Rabba, Omar, Rabba says, we're talking about a group of, of dove cuts, of, of dove coats. Okay. The Tepeklei Mishum Shoibim Gufayu says the Gemara, why don't we say that the reason why you're not allowed to spread out nests to catch them is because there's dove coats nearby. Since there's dove coats nearby, so you might be stealing somebody else's uh, bird. That's the problem. Either we're going to talk about uh, there's no responsibility of because they themselves are not careful about other people's property and therefore we're not concerned about, about stealing or we're dealing with or maybe we're dealing with his own uh, dove coats that are in the, uh, that are in that area okay Hadron Allah Mazel to everybody who finished the Heligit Perek Meruba. Um, we now begin the eighth parak of the Helige Meseches Babakama. We turn to Daf Pei Gimel Amud Beis, and now we're going to get into all the obligations of payment when it comes to uh, human damage. So we, we've already been exposed to the idea that when a, a human, when a person damages somebody else, you're going to have to you're you're responsible in five payments. Nezek the actual damage, tsar, pain, how do you evaluate pain? The mission is going to explain to us. Repoy, medical bills, pretty straightforward. Sheves, loss of work, that's very complicated. We're going to have to figure this out because we have to figure out how loss of work is different, in what way it's different than nezek, in what way it's different than damaging, and baishes and embarrassment, okay? And how we evaluate all these things, that is what our Mishnah and our Gemara is going to come and teach us. Zokt, the Heilige Eif Perik. Achayvul Bachaveri is somebody who hurts his friend. Achayvul Abishum Chamish Dvarim obligated in five payments. Nezek, damage, tsar, pain, repoy, he, uh, medical bills, Shevas, loss of work, ubaishes, and embarrassment. Benezek Yitzhak, how do you evaluate damage? Somebody blinds the eye of another, of another person. Cut his nose, he cut off his hand. Sheep are break his leg. We say, how much, if you were a servant out in the marketplace, if you'd be sold with two eyes or one eye, we say, how much were you worth before? How much afterwards? And the damager is going to have to pay the difference in value. That's how you evaluate Nezek. Okay, let's keep going. Sorry, how do you evaluate pain? This is a strange one. 
Yeah, what, what pain? How do you put a financial amount on pain? So the Gemara says like this: Sime yasenei katas yadei shiber sragli. I'm sorry, tsar kvai oibashpura b'masmer. So let's say like this: Let's say you burnt him on the hand. So you burnt him on the hand um, with a metal nail or a shput is a spit, a hot spit. I don't know, the only time I hear that word in my life is when you walk into a shawarma store, they have these spits with the shawarma uh, turned around uh, on it. I guess it's also for the uh, rotisserie chickens, but be it as it may, you got a hot spit. Yeah? Even if he gets burnt on a fingernail, well, there's no actual damage to the body. Everything's got its price. I say to you, listen, Rabduvid over here, Rabdavid, I say to you, Dave, Listen, I, I want to burn your fingernail. And you say, Michael Davis. I'm like, come on, I'll give you a dollar. You're like, Michael Davis. No, thank you. Right? No, thank you. What if I say $10? No, thank you. What about $1,500 for a quick burn on your fingernail? Now we're talking shop. Now we're talking shop. You know, now we're talking real money. No, so it's not, not slave. It's about how much a person would be willing to take. To, to be paid for, for that pain. And that's what you're going to be obligated uh, to pay. How much would a person be willing to take to get that pain? And if you, you, you knock the guy in the, in the head, how much would a person be willing to be paid to be knocked in the head? And that's what you got to pay. All right, that's how you evaluate pain. Repoy, what about medical bills? If you damage somebody, you got to pay for his bills. If let's say there's boils and sores that come up afterwards, if the sores are there because you gave the guy a patch in the head, so then you're obligated. But if the guy's got an outburst of, uh, you know, whatever, he's got COVID, he's got something else going on in his life, it's got nothing to do with the fact that I gave him a zetz in the head, so then you're obviously, you're going to be potter. Let's say it went away and it healed, it, 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 I'm sorry, it was hurt and it healed, it hurt and it's healed, and then they keep coming back. However, Chaisa called Target, they completely healed and then it comes back in a Chaivler Then you're done with the medical bills. See, some, even though you can't say, well, I never had it before and now it's recurring. If the doctors say that the bottom line is the person was healed, you pay them until that point. All right, listen to this. Sheves, how do you pay somebody for a loss of work? Whew. So what are you going to say? What would you say? I'll tell you what I would say. Does he charge 50 bucks an hour? Does he charge $400 an hour and he hasn't worked? Well, that's what you got to pay. But here's the problem. Hever, that's not how it works. I'll tell you why. Because that was all included in damage already. That was all nezek. Because we said it goes by the amount that you could work in the marketplace. And that's how much money you could earn. So if you would call literal loss of work, whatever you used to charge per hour, guess what? You're double dipping. That's right. A lot of it comes under damages. So where is loss of work? It says it more like this. We look at you as if you're a cucumber watcher. How boring is that? Yeah, what is that? That means you're a scarecrow. You're a scarecrow. You're the, you're, you're the guy who's sitting out in a hut in the field making sure that the raccoons aren't uh, touching the cucumbers. It's a pretty boring job and pretty low paying. It doesn't take much mental capacity. Since we already paid you for the value of your foot and your hand and you already got all that money, so what's the loss of work? We're going to have to pay you for the cheapest labor that exists. And that's what's going to, you're going to be reimbursed for that also. So notice, you're going to get complete reimbursement. You're going to get complete reimbursement because of the, your value in the marketplace. And then the remaining part, 
is going to be filled because we're going to pay you like a cucumber watch. You're going to get minimum wage. Bais says, how do you pay for embarrassment? This is incredible. You know something? It depends who did it. It depends, it depends who did it. It depends who it happened to. See, if, if sometimes if a low life embarrasses you, it's not even embarrassing. If a chash of a person embarrasses you, it hurts more. And it depends on a person's also, like, you know, uh, own standing, um, how embarrassing it is when somebody else embarrasses me. Okay? So this is incredible because you find from here that the, the, we, we take the sensitivity of the person into consideration. You can't just say, don't be so sensitive or you shouldn't be embarrassed or just move on, you know, things of that sort. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Here we go. Let's focus, and this is going to be the focus of pretty much the rest of our daf. Let's focus on the payment of damage. Amai, says Gemara, why do you pay for damage? Listen to this. You knock out somebody's eye. What do we say? Pay for damage and pain and doctor bills and embarrassment and loss of work. What do you mean? It says an eye for an eye. You know what that means? You pop out somebody's eye. You know what we'll do to you? Pop out your eye. Like the Muslims. Says the Gemara. Nope. That's a big mistake. And what we're going to do now for the rest of the daf is try to prove why this is a mistake. I might think if you blind somebody's eye, we'll blind your eye. Cut the cut off somebody's hand. Cut this yellow, we'll cut off your hand. She you break his leg, we'll break your leg. Just like when you damage an animal, you're going to pay the owner money. When you damage a person, you only pay with money, not with your body. Even if you're going to say, you can't accept money for the life of a murderer, which seems to imply that if somebody's a murderer, you got to put him to death, and there's no money there. A guy can't say, I'll buy my way out of a death penalty. No such thing. You could accept money, and you should accept money, for the loss of body parts that do not grow back. Says the Gemara, to clarify this teaching, Hai Maka. What does this mean when you hit? Make Adam, make behemo. When you hit a person, when you hit a behemo. If going on that pasuk, that's talking about chiyav misa. That's talking about when you're high, when you're obligated in death, capital punishment. That's not talking about when you damage. Elam helcha, rather learn out from here. Make nefesh behemo, shamenu nefesh tachas nefesh. The somech leiv ishkit in mon ba misa. Somebody places a blemish on in his nation. Kasheri also king also like. What you did, we do to you. But that's not talking about somebody uh, who, who strikes. It's not talk, there's no mention of somebody who hits in the second passage. There's only a mention of somebody who hits in the first passage. And it's the Gemara. I don't understand. We're talking about hitting. We're talking about hitting. Just like when you hit an animal. What does it mean? We don't do to you what you did to the animal. You certainly pay. So too, when you hit a human... What's going to happen? We don't hit you. You are going to pay. If somebody kills somebody else, you are high of me. So which seems to imply, why is it if I kill somebody, do I get killed? But if I pop out somebody's eye, I pay. Maybe I should also, the same way when you, when by killing what you, we do to you what you did. What's the difference between killing and damaging? Ask the Gemara. Says the Gemara, no, I'll tell you what it means. It means... Bimaman. Says Gemara. It means money. Says, even by capital punishment. Says Gemara, it's not true. 
Am I the moment? Il misa mamash. There's a chiyav misa. I don't know what you mean. Yeah? The Pesach says right afterwards, When you give a mum, a, a wound to a person, we do to you what you did to him, and we learn out from this Pesach that we're dealing with as well, Maman. So bottom line is, what we just proved is that even, that even though when it comes to capital punishment, when it comes to murder, we kill the murderer, he, he gets a death penalty if he brought somebody else to death. When it comes to damages, that's not what we do. We don't do to you what you did. Rather, you pay financial restitution. Says the Gemara. Okay. The Gemara brought two proofs. Two psukim. And we said, um, um, And if we're going to say, first we made a Shava, and then we brought a Pasuk. Says the Gemara, why do we need to bring the Pasuk after the Gzera Shava? Usually, if you're going to bring two sources, that means there's a weakness in source number one. So the Gemara here is asking, what is the weakness in source number one? Says the Gemara, Su kakasha le tana. Because the Tana had a question. Why do you learn it out? Why are we going to make a Gzereshava? To learn out what the Allah is when somebody hits a person. To learn out from when somebody hits an animal. Use the halachas of a person who hits themselves. That the same way, when you kill somebody, you get killed. I would say, if you hurt somebody, you should get hurt. It's more logical to keep within the laws of people hurting people than to learn out from the laws of people hurting animals. So about this, Amri, they said the additional idea, damaging a person is more similar to damaging an animal than the damaging of a person is killing a person. So what are you talking about? It's not true. Don't compare the laws of damages. Just the opposite. Why don't we learn out the law of when people hurt people? So we'll say like this. When a person kills a person, chay of misa. So when a person hurts a person, you should not get his eye. So I would think. They why, am I, why am I going to the law of a person hurting an animal? And that's why we add in, if you're going to find a problem with my source and say, oh, don't use um, the hurting an animal as a source of monetary payment. So he said, You must, by murdering, we put the murderer to death, which teaches me that for killing, there's no penalty. A guy can't buy his way out of capital punishment. But we do pay money when it comes to damaging or knocking off a limb that does not grow back. We say, when you kill, we kill you. But when you damage, we don't damage you. Is it learned out from this Pasuk of Leisichu Kaifer? I mean, by the way, I already lose that verse. Which says, you don't do two things. Maybe all I'm learning out from there is that you shouldn't pay and kill the guy. See, if you kill somebody, so you took away his whole value, and he's dead. D-E-D. So why don't we say to the murderer, listen, dude. Listen, dude, we're going to take money from you, A. We're going to pay the family the guy's full value. And B, your chai of Misa. B, your chai of Misa. Says, Gemara, that's not possible. I already know there's only one, one penalty. Says, We need the Pasuk of to teach me to not take money from somebody to let him off the, uh, to, and, and that's going to get him off the hook from death. In other words, let's say like this. 
Yankul kills Beryl. And we say, Yankul, listen, your life's over. Bezdin Paskins, you'll be. Yankul says, hey, listen, instead of killing me, let's find out Beryl's value on the marketplace. He's worth uh, $500,000. I'll pay half a million. No, and get me off the hook. Says the no, Leisichu Kaifer, the Nefesh Reiteach. We don't take payment in, in such a way. So I already used the, the Pasuk for that. Not to teach me monetary payment on damages. Says the Gemara, Imkain, Lechach Mar Leisichu Kaifer, Lasses who rush alamos, the Nefesh Reiteach, lovely. I say the Nefesh Reiteach, Mami, no, the Nefesh Reiteach, the Kaifer, Avol Ato, like Yach Kaifer, the Rashi of Baram, Sheinach Haisu. Basically, the Gemara is answering that we learn out both. Okay, so bottom line is, let's take a step back. Says the Gemara. Two things I learned out from Leisichu Koy for the Nefesh Reitzach. A, I learned out that when you damage another person, you're going to pay as opposed to, you're going to pay financially as opposed to with a body part. And B, is that a person cannot buy his way out of, uh, buy his way out of capital punishment. Says the Gemara, Now that I learned it out from Leisichu Koy you can't take payment. What do you mean, Maka Maka? Why do I need the original Gzair Shavu that we started out the Sugi with? Answers the Gemara, Amri, they said, if I would only have that source, I would have thought to say, that maybe the guy, what if the guy wants to do like this? The guy's the guy says like this. So, Beryl walks over to Yankul and he says, Yankul, boop, pop, pop out your eye. Okay, so now Yankul is one-eyed Yankul. And we say, Beryl, listen, you got to pay Yankul. And Beryl says, you know what, instead of paying him, I prefer you poke out my eye. I don't want to pay him. I prefer to be one-eyed down. Does Beryl have that choice? Does Beryl have the choice? He wants to pay instead of being blind. Amir, they said, no. I would, if, if not for Leisichu Kaifer, I would have said, If he wants, let him pop out his eye. No, Kamash Malam, Behema. Therefore, comes along the Gzeir Shava from Maki Adamaka Behema, Ma Maka Behema Latashlumim. Just loik. When you damage an animal, it's only with financial payment. So too, when you damage a human, Af Maka Adam, Latashlumim, there ain't no other option, even if you are a Michiganet. And you want to pay with the body part? We're going to say to you the last letter of the olive base is tough, not happening. Okay, here we go. Final brisa for today. Tiny, we learned in a brisa. Rav Dostoy ben Yudai, Rav Yudai ben Dostoy, the son of Yudai says, "I am tachas, I am an eye for an eye." Ato imer momen, oyin el ayin mamish. Hey, no means financial payment. Maybe means you literally give an eye. I'm what we said. I reshoy say ino shol zeg gedayla ve'ino zeg ketana. Hey, chani kari ayin tachas ayin. Says more gavol. Listen to this brisa. We're having a whole back and forth and saying, you know, do you pop out an eye for this one eye for another eye or not? Says more one second. If everything is tit for tat. What happens if one guy's got a big eyeball and the other guy's got a small eyeball? That's not tit for tat. That's not tit for tat. So it's got to be a monetary payment because everybody's eyes are different. Or how about if one guy's got 20-20 eyesight the other guy's got 20-80 eyesight if there's such a thing. I don't know, right? But there's no way to give exact eye for an eye. Says the Gemara. I'm never going to say, I shock on it's not possible. I'll tell you why. Because it says that there's one there's one set payment for every yid that damages another Jew. Well, it ain't happening if it's an eye for an eye and your and your eyeball's bigger than mine. So Amri, they said, don't worry about this. No, eye for an eye obviously doesn't mean size. My kusha, why are you even having this conversation? This conversation is stuyot. It doesn't make any sense. A big eye and a small eye. My kusha. Yeah, It's got to be sight for sight. You know why? If it doesn't mean sight for sight, and you want to say it's the size of your eyeball, get ready for this. You have a guy who's four foot eleven. 
He walks over to a seven foot dude, pops him in the head. Seven foot dude is now no longer in a standing position. So what are you going to say? The guy who's a cotton is not high. Misa over here. What's mean? What does it mean? The, the size, the, the, how big you are, doesn't matter. Avada. The Godel Shor is a cotton. Yes, you have a seven footer who kills a, who kills a child. You're ever going to kill him? You'd be like, well, it's not fair. I only killed a guy who was a foot tall. I'm seven feet tall. You can't kill more than was killed? Yeah, bismuth sugar. Right? What's it referring to? It's referring to a life for a life. There's no question. Capital punishment. You killed, we kill you. We don't care how big you are. So too when it comes to, the, to knocking out somebody's eye. It's talking about the sight, not the size of the eye. You took away the sight from the guy who's now one-eyed barrel. Maybe I would say we should make you one-eyed, one-eyed uncle. Bottom line is, says the Gemara, we cannot use this specifically as a source for monetary payment as opposed to, uh, as opposed to physical payment. And therefore, tomorrow we'll pick up trying to bring another raya, trying to bring another proof that when a human damages another human, it's got to be financial payment and has nothing to do with physical payment. I get the knock. Have a beautiful evening, Shabbat.